Welcome to Dad Is Not A Now. My name is Ishmael, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, but also changing the narrative about the things I care about with my special co-host, Uncle Mike from the Real Dads Network. We had the opportunity to talk to Pierre Lucien about building character through adversity. Pierre's dream as a child was to become a police officer. And in 2007, while on a training run with the Atlanta Police Department, his life changed forever. Pierre fell to the ground unconscious when he experienced massive organ failure. And in an effort to save Pierre's life, the doctors were compelled to amputate both of his legs above the knees and told he would never walk again. He talked to us about his mental and physical health journey through adversity to triumph and why he loves being a dad. So for you, yeah, yeah. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that or I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all Welcome, welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Now. My name is Ishmael. It's all about changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood and also changing the narrative about the things I care about. I got a great guest with me, but first I want to introduce my uncle, 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 uncle Mike from the Real Dads Network. Uncle Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. I'm really doing great and I'm honored to be here and thank you for the invitation to co-host with you once again. No, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. You know, I love you. You know, you're just awesome. Um, my special guest today, he's just an amazing brother, amazing father. His video went viral on Black Man Can everywhere. And he's here with us today. Pierre, how you doing, brother? But first of all, how's your heart? And the My reason why I ask you that question first is it changes the conversation because normally people say, how are you doing? Sometimes they don't mean it, but how's your heart kind of opens the dialogue for a little bit more. So how's your heart, brother? My heart is blessed, brother, is blessed and highly favored, you know, and I, I want to thank you guys for just the opportunity, man. I this, the, the video wasn't meant to be viral. It was just showing my everyday life. You know, that's that's my life. You know, it, it was just to show people that, you know, I can do it. You know, there's not, not, nothing to it. And, and 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 talk about that video, too. Like, go go into it a little bit. Oh, that video. So it was. I remember I, I just mentioned, like. When I first had my kid, 
it was just a I, I, it was a lot of stuff going through my head how am i gonna do this how am i gonna take take care of my daughter take care of my kids and just one day um i said my wife went to work i'm like oh my gosh i'm by myself with my um <laughs> with my daughter um and we had um her her cousin that was there and i just said you know what i'm gonna take care of my daughter how i can you know so i made sure I strapped my gloves on and just hopped around the floor that's the only way i knew how to do it um i don't own a wheelchair so i was like okay so how i'm gonna do this and owning a wheelchair that's another story but um i i just said I have to make it happen. That's all. That's all I thought. I just have to make it happen, and I found a way. You know, that's all it is. I found a way, and and I looked at on the video. I don't know if you guys saw, but I looked up um, at the microwave like, shit, I'm gonna get up there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And luckily, man, my arm just reached right, you know, enough for me to put it on two minutes or one minute, and I was like. I did it, you know, too much thinking, just do it. You know, that's how, that's, that's all that happened. That's all, that's all I did. And I think the most important thing that every viral video has a story and take me back to, I do believe it was 2008. Cause I know one of your biggest aspiration is that you wanted to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. So take me back to that training and how it all happened. So I'll take you even back further. Okay. But, uh, at the age of six, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and I don't know if you, oh, you guys may remember the Police Academy um, cartoon. Yes. Right? <laughs> so I remember one day I was watching that cartoon and I wanted to be that black guy that did all the sounds and stuff. And I said, I told my mom, I want to be a police officer and I want to carry a bazooka, you know, because that's what he carried. So um, in, when I was six, I had, I wrote a little note and stuff. And um, I told my mom, I want to be a police officer. And then I want to be a teacher. I swear to you, I wrote that at six years old. Wow. And um, my mom recently showed me that note when I, when I became a teacher, because she said, you already knew what you wanted to be from when you were so young. So now going to the training was 2007. Okay. Um, so I went, I graduated college, um, applied for all these police departments. And the first one that called me, that's the one I was going to go to. And Atlanta called me and they said, you have three days to report. I was like, okay. Packed up, drove down, did everything I had to do and started, started working. The morning of my accident. Um, I drank a gallon of water and I was pumped, hyped. I played sports all my life. I was like, I'm, I'm fine. I was cocky as hell. I started running uh, maybe a mile, a mile, just maybe three quarters from ending, finishing the race. I just fell, collapsed. Mm. And I said, okay, maybe I'm, I'm cramping up. Let me get up. I got up. Literally, man, maybe 200 feet from the finish line, my legs just gave way. I couldn't get up at that time. I could not get, I tried. But my my mind was like, no, I got to finish this, man. Was, no. 
so I crawled to the finish line wow. and I made it. I crawled to the finish line and exhausted. Everybody was knew something was wrong because, they, you know, there was like, no, nah, Pierre is usually, you know, in top shape, you know, so everybody just rushed and, um, and trying to like make me drink some water. Couldn't, it couldn't go down to, couldn't go down. And all I could, and then I, I, they called the ambulance. All I could see was like, all my comrades just like in at ease position as they rolled me down the the the, the gymnasium and i and i looked up as i was looking up uh, as they were rolling me out the gymnasium i looked up in the sky i was like i'm done wow like i i am done it this is the way i'm going out huh. um and the, the and and after that i just passed out like that was it and uh one of the nurses or one of the paramedics said dude you were in so much pain you started biting your arm to relieve wow. the pressure from your back wow so uh and moving forward this is all the stories they they you know everyone told me so when i got to the hospital um they just did emergency surgery it was like dude you like i was a hundred and about i was solid i was really muscular but i was a hundred about 70 pounds um training and when i got to the hospital within 12 hours i blew up to like 300 pounds like my head blew up and that was a uh, compartment syndrome and um between uh 12 o'clock to 8 p.m i was dead like wow. literally so i uh they cracked my chest open they just uh, and then so going back, I'm sorry, but um, they called my parent. They called my my dad, and my dad knew exactly. He said as soon as I got that call, he knew something was wrong, um, because you know the police department don't call you, whatever. And at that time, he was driving a bus, and he said he almost drove off the cliff because he knew like it was that serious. So once they gave him the news, um, um, him and my brother flew that flew over to Atlanta that night and uh and it was like dude just prepare for the worst you know yeah. your son is not is in dire need he just prepare for the worst um so my dad my dad wasn't like he thought it was just a I just passed out you know like he wasn't really concerned um and then when he walked into that hospital room he was like who the hell is this because I I didn't look the same Right. But the worst part, which my dad cannot speak about because he, he still cries about it, which I understand now I'm a parent. Right. right. Um, he was holding my hands. And as he holding my hand, he was holding my hands. He'll say, everything will be all right. You good. You know, God's with you. And I flatlined. Wow. So um, I flatlined. But so the nurses, the, the doctors bum rushed the room, pushed them aside. And he witnessed them crack my chest open wow. and pump my heart back. Yeah. So, and, the, you know, the doctors was war, more worried about me, not him in the room. Right. So as a parent, I now as a parent looking back, like how would I react right. having seen that they open your son and some, you know, their uh, your son's heart in somebody else's hands. Right. Um, so they did that, um, and I, I I revived. 
and they was like, you know what, you, this, this kid had two percent chance to live past this night. Wow. So they took him to a room. They call the the chaplain. Um, read me my last rites, and they said, "Dude, you just got to prepare for your funeral." It happened again, a second time, and I was like, "There's nothing we can do. Nothing." Um, for some reason, there was a nurse that had faith, you know, and she she mentioned to the doctor, said, "Look, I think you guys need to just take him to the operating room." Doesn't matter what you have to do, take him to the operating room and he will recover. They did. They listened to her. Maybe she was, you know, they listened to her. Right. And after that, after that, I started to recover. Um, and what was going on was when they amputated my right leg first, but my left leg started dying, and that's what that that's what's causing the, the poison. Right. So they realized that, oh man, we have to amputate the, the left one now. And that's what saved my life, wow. you know. And fast forward now, a few years, uh, was it 2018? That same nurse officiated my wedding. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, but um, that's that's just the story, man. And from that point on, I was like, is is I'm I'm here for a reason, you know, just being able to say you died and come back, and I'm just here for a reason. So, yeah, I don't take anything for granted. It just that's life, man. I just have to enjoy every moment because tomorrow not promise you know so no and 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 that's powerful too i think that nurse is your angel if if, if you think about it because <laughs> the angel comes in different forms Brother. and i think she yeah i think she she's your angel man and and, and that's all and that's powerful man uncle mike do you have a question <laughs> no, I'm just uh, that Pierre. That's uh, such a powerful, powerful account. And um, so, but my question is: So, how old were you when this ha actually happened? I was 23. 23, and yeah, I was, and I was, was in... I'm 38. Oh wow! No, I was 24. I was 23. What? And I'm 38. I just turned 38. But you know what? I'd still tell people I'm 37 because last year COVID don't count. So I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so how did that like when I'm thinking about your, your spiritual journey and I'm also thinking about your mental health, you know, emotionally, how was that transition from, you know, for 20 something years you have legs. All right, it's wonderful that this miracle, God did this incredible miracle that you're alive, but I don't have my legs now. Dude, let me tell you another story, which uh, when I was in the house, I was in a coma and I, I had a trach, couldn't talk, couldn't speak. And my friend, which turned out to also be my best man in my wedding, I had a dream and, and in the dream, there was like an old lady um, an old lady wearing white saying, come, come. And, you know, like I, I, I always joke around. I was like a little girl. I was like, no, 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 no. And, um, and I didn't come. And when I woke up from a coma, my best friend's mother said she had the same dream. Wow. And said, and people say, that can't be true. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. There's no way I can speak to this lady. Um, she said she had a dream that 
if I would have came to that lady that was the devil, I would have died that night. And I was like, that is crazy because I didn't speak to her. You know, so, but mentally, feeling that I was on top of the world prior to my accident, it was, I was devastated, man. I was like, first of all, I mean, I had a girlfriend at that time. She stuck by me throughout that, you know, that time. And I always blame, like, you know, I pushed away because it was all mental. I was, because she was always there. So all my anger went out on her and, and all that stuff. So I later apologized and stuff, but um, it, it was tough. Like, I think what I mentioned is the hardest part of losing your legs is not, is not the physical part. Is always the mental part to accept that, okay, this is my life now, man. So you either take it or you just give it away. Um, and giving it away was an option. You know, I had to make sure. And I always thought about like, dude, you fought to the end, to that finish line. Why won't you fought for the rest of your life? You know, so um, mentally, it was the hardest part. Um, I, I can honestly say, I mean, I, 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 I even tried one time to to take my life because it was that tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it was just like people was watching over me. I had that support, you know. And I remember uh, it was two thousand, um, and I didn't want to come. I would. I think it was night. It was two thousand. Let me see, two thousand seven, two thousand ten. Um, I was like, man, I can't, I can't go into this new year like this. You know, at that time, I was just recovering from my last surgery and being so independent, now being dependent on people was the hardest part, you know. Especially as a man, man, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I was like, I was dependent on people to just, like, clean me up. I was like, golly. You know, so I remember one night I said, it was New Year's Eve. I said, I can't do it. I'm just going to take all this... uh, sleeping medicine and just not wake up that's the easiest way just not wake up so i went i went to the bathroom which i didn't really think you know my family was paying attention to me you know so right. I was like, hmm. they, they're not gonna really notice you're just probably gonna think i'm in the bathroom right. um but for some reason my mom said just watch him she knew like mentally i wasn't there right. um i went to the bathroom was ready to take all the pills and my cousin i guess she knew i don't know but she didn't she's she felt like i was in the bathroom way too long you know so um as i was putting that stuff in my mouth she knocked the that she knocked the door down man and just took all the pills and flush it and i was like golly so now if that wasn't a sign what is you know, so that was just my, that was my point of saying, you know what, I need to just, this is my life and I'm going to make the best of it. That's it. Would you, you say that was your, that? oh, go ahead. Oh, so yeah. No, go ahead, Uncle Mike. Consider that a uh, defining moment? Yeah, that was my defining moment, man. That was the point where, like, if taking your life was, <laughs> if taking your life is that hard, man, I don't want, I don't want to continue doing it. You know what I mean? It's just like it was a point where I, that was a the turning point of me being where I'm at today. That's that's all I can say. What was your next step after that? So once once I felt 
I was like, you know what? And then the the the, the worst part about it is mental health is real, right? Which people feel that's taboo, especially in in, in the black community. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do counseling. I don't want to do you know. I don't want to do that stuff. Right. And I I wanted to change that stigma, right? You know. So I said, you know what is offered to me. I just never took it. I said, you know what? I'm going. I'm going because at, at that point, I felt like that's that's my life. I, I need to change. You know. So. Once I started going to counseling and just all the all the stuff that I kept inside just started releasing. And I was like, no, this is this is it. I, I, I have to make this life better. I mean, this is um, once I got the mental part ready, uh, you know, stabled, then that's when the physical part started transitioning. You know, I was like, oh, man. I, Oh, I'm walking without a walker. Now I'm, I'm I don't have a wheelchair. I'm walking with a cane. I'm walking with no cane. You know, all that progression started once I I fixed the mental part of my life. And also talk about the mental part of your life. Talk about that key thing is being vulnerable cuz I think that's a big component is you willing to share that story with people say, "You know what? I almost took my life because I was in that dark place." So just talk about vulnerability, how that played a role in, you know, where you're at today. Because I see your motivational speeches. You're open. You tell you you're you're open with everybody and everything like that. So but, yeah, just talk about that. I mean, the thing about the mental health of being vulnerable is, is, is just that. People feel like, as I said before, like mental health or depression isn't real. Um, and. I actually just bought a shirt today and it says I'm broken but in between in between says I'm okay right mm -hmm. so now I bought the shirt especially to say I mean you can see me run you can see me walking down the street you may think I'm okay but inside I'm broken because mental health is real you know mm -hmm. so at that time I was like everything and I wasn't a crier, dude. I wasn't. I wasn't always crying. And and going to going to the the the, the psychologist made me understand crying is not doesn't make you weak. It makes you understand like okay, you have something that you're going through, that pain you're going through. You need to release it. Um, and that's what I learned right during that time being vulnerable. I needed to cry. I needed to let it out. I needed to express it in a feeling where. I'm not hurting myself, nor I'm hurting other people. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I had to deal with. Like, okay, dude, you have to stop hurting yourself as well as other people. And um, that's what I've learned, man. It's just embracing the, the the any pain that you're dealing with, any mental mental stress you're dealing with. You need to embrace it and let it out. Um, uh, Positively, you know, what I mean, I, I think that's what you have to do. Definitely. And how do part of just sorry, part of just putting it into words and being able to verbalize it mm -hmm. to say, I'm hurting, I'm yeah. frustrated, is so, is so, I'm healing is part of the therapy. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, so much things that we bury alive, it comes out in ways that yeah. is not productive at times. So that's a powerful point you're bringing out there. 
Definitely. Yeah, and then and and certain things trigger you. You know, if you keep it in all the time, just the little thing that would trigger you and make you snap. And and it's like, at some time, understand. I understand why this guy snapped because he kept that bottled insult so long. You know, and that's what I've learned. It's to make sure to bring it out positively and whatever way is working out, striving for a goal. For me, it was my goal at that time was. And I, at that time, I didn't have a stable relationship, but I knew I would have a stable relationship because being um, self-confident is all that a woman wants or look for, right? I knew personally, like, I'm going to have somebody that I can, you know, I wasn't worried about that, but is I have to get ready when that happened, right? right? So that that's why I started working out, training, making sure I walk, um, I'm, I'm walking, I'm I'm being independent and getting ready, like I said, to be a father. And emotionally and mentally. Yeah, emotionally and mentally to be a father, to be a husband, you know, to be a dad, you know, all that stuff. And that's what motivated me to do where, you know, to, to be where I'm at today. And that's important too. So how did how do you apply that, everything you learned of being vulnerable and building that confidence into fatherhood and, 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 and as well as into marriage? Man, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I could honestly say I don't know. It's just I, I can't answer that because it, the reason why I say that is that I'm like with my kids. As, okay, let me go back. As a father, right? You, you always want the best for your kid and you want better than what you had, right? But with me, is is it doesn't translate to the same thing because like my, my father didn't have to deal with what I dealt with, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I almost, I'm hard with my kids. Right, like, I'm 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 friendly and and all that, but I expect a lot more, because it's like, daddy been through struggles, man. You don't know how, daddy, how much work daddy put just to be just to be able to stand up tall next to you, you know. So, I'm positive. And I'm strong with them. It's like almost like, look, if they every time they say I can't, that's not a word, right. you know, or um, or when they trying to fail, I try to give them that positive reinforcement, you know. So it's like, going. I don't know if I'm answering the question, but well, you are. Me personally, I just cannot. Um, I don't know um, how I do it when it comes to the marriage part. Um, is Live is 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 a living. Um, I'm still working with it. You know, work in progress. Work, work, that's the word. Work in progress because um, you can't always be the motivator in a in a marriage. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes stuff gonna shit gonna happen, right? And 
you can always think positive, but you can all everything can't be positive. Um, and what I've done to be, I mean, what I've done, even with marriage, right? So it's like, if we going through a, a rough patch, I'll go to my mentor. I'll go to people that been married for a long time to say, dude, like, is marriage that hard? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like, so like, and I'm not afraid to ask. Right. You know, so it's like, I won't go to somebody that, that that've had many divorces and a player and still going to the club to act for marriage uh, tips. You know, so I'll go to people that have successful marriages right. and say, dude, like, what the hell do I do? Like, I mean, I can't do anything right. So what should I do? And then I'll get the advice. Okay, you do, do, do. Uh. So, but when it comes to parenting, it's hard to go to my own father to ask the same questions because they never had to deal with that you know right. so it's just me personally being um being positive and just making sure my kids aren't giving up you know in in, in any facet of life you know it's it's i try to teach them like dude like life gonna knock you down gonna kick you gonna do all that just you need to get up you know so well, you're you're definitely a, a a role model for that. I I mean, you you preach by example. I mean, yeah. you don't even have to say it. I mean, yeah. you literally and figuratively have been knocked down, and yeah. you're displaying to your kids you can get back up again. It's a struggle, but you can do it. So that's that's such a, a powerful you know legacy yeah. and example for your kids. Definitely. And I, I'll tell you guys what. Uh, this internally, but I remember the only thing I was looking forward to is when I first had a kid, I was like, how are my kids going to draw me in school? <laughs> and recently, my daughter drew me with robot legs. And I cool. thought that was the best thing ever. And because I wanted that so bad. Like, I, I always envisioned, like, are they going to draw me with no legs or like some robot? crazy legs and my daughter just I was like I thought that was the best thing so no that is that's awesome <laughs> that's so awesome and then also talk about that video that I think that hit me emotionally is when your daughter was walking you helping you walk down the stairs oh yeah I, I it was last year um yeah it was yeah earlier when did I have surgery <laughs> <laughs> I had it was in March so I had hip surgery and it was like six weeks post-surgery and I have an an, uh, an elevator in my house but for some reason it was off I was like uh, and it was like daddy the elevator not working and then my, my daughter like just took my hands and said daddy I'll help you go down the stairs wow I was like uh so like she was just so nurturing like she would just she held my hands and i took one step at a time and on the video I, I don't know you you could see like i was favoring one side because the, my left hip was like really sore yeah. um and and i was just going and as my son was going up he saw my daughter helping me he proceeded to try to help me as well and i was like man i, I 
I wish they they never leave me like that. You know, I, I wish they would always do that, you know. So um and I think that was a, a great moment to 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 witness. You know, I, I treasured that that video. Um it just showed me like, okay, look, they, they know what daddy's dealing with and they hear through thick and thin. And also I think the one thing too is kids see everything. And they see how you help other people too. Yeah, um, and, they, and they understand the power of serving. Oh yeah, and and when I I left the police department last in July last year, um, and every year I used I would do the shop with the cop, and I would take them. They didn't understand, but I would always take them to say, "Look, I know you can have everything you want, but sometimes we have to give back." And um, so they would pick out toys for other kids they don't know. And it just, I mean, they don't, they may not understand now, but they will know like, okay, daddy took you to something that's more than, than him or yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, and they enjoyed it. You know, they, I mean, at the end of the day, they wanted toys themselves, but giving toys to another kid in need, that was, I just wanted to teach him that. And, and 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 it shows how your interaction with your kids, especially going back to that video of client not helping you with going down the stairs, it shows it there. You know, you 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 lead by example. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you know where parents they'll say do this, they're not gonna do it because if they don't see you doing it, they're like, why do yeah. I have to do it if you don't do it? And they mm-hmm. see you doing it, so they're monitoring your behavior, which yeah. is an awesome thing. Uncle Mike, what you got a question there? Because you look excited yeah. there. No, I, I'm, I'm just I'm enjoying the conversation, Pierre. I mean, thanks so much for sharing. And I'm just wondering if I if you think pre and post event, what virtues did you actually develop? You know, I love your sense of humor. I watched some of your TikToks, and I'm like, this guy is funny. I mean, your sense of humor. Did you always have that? I mean. I'm I like was. laughing, and then I'm kind of embarrassed because I'm laughing. I'm like, I should, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's allowing me to laugh. This is funny. No, I've always had, I've always had a uh, not take life serious um, attitude. Not said not take life serious, but like, it will laugh at yourself. Yeah, you have to laugh at yourself, but you have to smile every day. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to, and 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 I think that's a way of being positive um smiling I, I, well, how many muscles it takes to smile you know what i mean I, I don't remember i think 62 muscles in your in your face to smile um you have to smile every day so me personally for my for my incident like i joke around i smile if if you don't take yourself seriously who else going to take it take take you serious um i joke around like i i was saying one of my coworkers is like, oh, my ankles hurt. And I said, well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, so um, she just looked at me, looked like, should I laugh? Or, and she just bust out laughing. I was like, look, all I need is WD-40 and a wrench. You know, that's all I need now. You know, so it just, it, it's sometimes dark humor, but it's still humor at the end of the day. You know, and as long as people could smile and, and laugh, um, I'm I'm fine because I wouldn't post it if it wasn't if 
if it didn't make me laugh. You know what I mean? I wouldn't post it. And, you know, I tried to post stuff that motivate people, but also to show people this is me. This is who you I'm raw. I'm I'm transparent. Yeah, it, comes out. it comes out, it comes out very clear <laughs> yeah, that so. you want us to have a a, a, a mo- moment of humor. But you know, yeah. what would you say to the person that always becomes the victim and like why me? And they can't get out of that rut of being a victim. Um and just very negative. I mean, because you have put such a positive spin on this, uh, a conqueror, uh, I can do this, that it's it's amazing. When people say, why me? I say, why not you? Okay. Because you're put in that situation to tell your story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let me give you an example. There was a somebody that contacted me. I, I won't say the name, I guess. For privacy reasons right but on instagram they said uh they've been shot um they've been shot in the neck and um and they paralyzed from waist down or and they he mentioned you know something about his daughter and stuff like that that he he feels alone in, in life and i i replied to him i said bro i promise remember today December 22nd, you will go back to this message and say, damn, this stranger dude, say, I will make the best of this situation. You will turn what you think is a tragedy into a story that everyone wants to hear. We all have a story and you can make millions, you can make millions telling it to others to motivate them. Work hard now for future success. You know, so I try to tell people your struggles now is not a struggle until you look back 10 years from now and say, man, you know, I, I did this, you know, I made this happen. So um, I always say what I, what I fight for now or what I work hard for now is not for now. It's for the future. You know? So, um, and that's how I think about life, you know? So it's just, it's, I'm trying to build generational, wealth generational uh positivity and and just being positive overall man that's that's how i feel and and you're definitely doing that and what i love too is you as a teacher uh before we end this podcast talk about your love of being a teacher man my goal was to be in law enforcement for 20 years and teach what i've learned um, and the teaching route didn't go that way. I'm actually teaching ESL students, which for some reason, man, it's life. I think it's like, I think your life is already planned out. Right. right? Because when I came to this country, when I was four years old, the first thing I, in, like in school was an ESL student. I was an ESL student. Fast forward 30 years years now, I'm an ESL teacher, mm. which I never thought I would do. I thought I was going to be teaching law enforcement, teaching law and all that stuff. Now I'm teaching kids that, that when I came to the country that I was being taught, you know? So it's like, and I embraced that. I was like, man, now I'm, I'm t- I'm doing what 
my teacher did 30 years ago. You know, yeah. so it's 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 I love it. And I tell the kids, as long as you teach, I'm learning from you as much as you you learning from me. You know, so and that's how I, you know, I take it. And it's, it's great, man. It's um, especially when they laugh at me when I try to speak Spanish, which, <laughs> you know, but I'm learning. I'm learning. I will learn. I told them by, 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 by next year, I'll, I'll, I'll have a at least some sort of conversation with them. And you're on your way there, man. But man, I thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Okay, Mike, before we end it, do you uh, have one more question or any words of wisdom? No, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> because if ever there was a time that we need your message, Pierre, is now. We have suffered so much loss, experiencing mm. so much grief, and um, you are a prime example of someone that has such grit such resilience, um, how you could turn the narrative in such a powerful way. And your message is definitely needed because we have never been in a season in our life worldwide in this pandemic where we can have some really um, pity parties. Uh -huh. And you, it's just great to have this conversation with you, Pierre. And I'm, so thank you. I, I thank you for sharing it and keep telling your story and keep, giving us your your insight on how to have grit, how to have resilience. I mean, it's I'm sure it's a spiritual journey also. You know, I mean, God definitely has his hand on you because it, your, your challenges and your roadblocks are not the average. And yet you have come to this place of being such an incredible man, great dad and all. That's great. Well, I appreciate it. It just is the, the card that God dealt me and I'm trying to play it as, as, as good as possible. I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm not no superhero. I'm just a, 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 a dad trying to be positive. And you're it's doing it, man. It is a lot. That's a lot, man. And, and keep sharing your story because I'll keep reposting it. <laughs> and the same thing with Uncle Mike, we'll repost it. But again, Pierre, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, you're always welcome to uh, come back on. But before we end it, what words of wisdom do you have, someone that's out there that's going through struggles or going through something similar to you, that you're going through, what you went through? Work on your mental first. That's the only thing that would get you by. Um, and I am able, you know, you're not disabled. I am able. Um, that's the only thing I, I live by. It's just like the work on your mental, that the mental is the hardest part. People think, oh, physical may be the hardest part, but the mental is what, that, 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 that's the fuel that motivates you, you know? So, and don't be afraid to get, seek help. That's the main thing. It was like, don't be afraid to seek help. Like I even now at this point, like I, I I'll still ask for help if needed. Um, I'm not the best walker with prosthetic around, but if if I need help, I'll ask. You know, that's what it is. Wow, thank you, Pierre. And if any, anyone is listening, the key thing is ask for help, and it's okay to be a vulnerable and work on your mental. Again, 
thank you, Pierre. Uncle Mike, thank you. You know, I love you. Pierre, thank you again, brother. We appreciate you. You're always welcome to join us anytime. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I mean, it was it was it was a great opportunity um to share my story. And I'm here. I'm I'm an open book, you know. So definitely. And we are out. Thank you. Peace. So for you, yeah, yo. There will never it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. No, I'm right alongside you. He but that I'm behind you, but always got you. Hinder discussion, nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours. And know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change what a partake. Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you. For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still in all, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. My message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.